It's Your Life is sponsored by James J.C. Cooley. Life is a series of circles and cycles, phrases and stages. These are your experiences that teach you the lessons of life. You can either ignore them or embrace them. Welcome to the James Cooley Show. It's Your Life. James is a motivational speaker, author, military veteran, and founder of the J.C. Cooley Foundation. James is here to equip you to strive for greatness and overcome adversity. It's time to get equipped today for the challenges of tomorrow. Now, here's the host of It's Your Life, James Cooley. Hello, welcome to It's Your Life. I'm James Cooley, and I tell you, uh, like my listening audience, like you always know, it's hump day! Once again, I know you've been waiting probably for the last 72 hours to put that into action, my friend. Man, I've been waiting. I know, you know, I've been, I've been waiting at least 48 hours. Just, <laughs> and, and, and I've been working on hump day. I think next hump week we're actually just going to play the, the clip of you actually saying that. And, and you know what? Michelle tried to imitate that. Do that again, Michelle. It's hump day. Uh, <laughs> No, I'm Getting have to give professional up. around here. I'm loving this. I'm had to give up a five on that one, man. I, I don't know. Oh, come on, man. That's at least a seven. Uh, oh, okay. We we give her a mercy, a mercy or two on that. But one. it is hump day. <laughs> hey, how you doing, my friend? How you doing? Always good. When you roll around, love just talking to these great people and talking about the interesting things that go along in life. So it's it's ready. It's ready for some good stuff. I know that much. Man, you know, I, I am so excited about the show today because uh, this young man. Uh, oh, is, it's about to get a lot more impressive. His name is Jordan Colbert. But it's, uh, just keep that in mind. Um, my audio book that just came out just got accepted by 47 platforms and probably 50, 60 country, countries. I wouldn't have been able to do anything without this guy. He produced, directed. Uh, record, I mean, every single thing. And he worked with all of these different, uh, publishers, uh, to make sure that we got a great product. And, uh, but guess what, Noah? He also was selected to be a professor. And, and I'm not even going to tell you the college right now. A professor. We're going to save that one. No, no, I'm going to have to tell you. I got to say it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So much for the surprise, man. That is lights out. Congratulations to him for sure. Not just that, man, but he is an incredible young man that's uh, destined for greatness, and he's already doing great things. And uh, he's been uh, on the USC staff uh, for the last six years, been teaching, been working with a lot of organizations, and he's also a graduate of uh, USC, uh, their master's program, but he, he also a graduate of Penn. Uh, Penn University, Ivy League, and and I know I, I'm looking at him right now, and he got that look. JC, no, no, okay, <laughs> you know. But um, I am so proud of this young man. Me and Michelle is so proud of him. Oh, definitely. I mean, he's going places, and um, you know, he, he he's he he's just a wonderful guy, and he's just a good human being. That's all I can say. He's a wonderful human being, and uh, I wouldn't say going places. He's already there, but I tell you, but there is a whole lot of upper mobility, uh, and and the things that he is doing, he's doing right now. So, uh, uh, Noah, I, I know you remember this guy. Have I do remember him? him quite well. Yes. And uh, we are talking about part four tonight, and Michelle is going to uh, mention a little. What's what's the title of our show tonight, Michelle? The title of the show tonight is the intersection of identity formation and marginalization. And uh, this is just an add-on because uh, every time I have this guy on, I mean, he is so interesting. He is. It just brings excitement in his topic and his profession. And I know why Yale uh, selected this guy. And uh, uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised one day if he's in uh, the White House cabin or, or what it might maybe in the White House. You never know. I mean, he's that special and uh, uh, potential is that great. So that's that's what we're going today. You know. I'm excited about it. I'm ready to find out a little bit more about what makes him tick and actually what he can teach all of us and our listening audience, too. 
And he's a young guy. You know what? He's not even 30 yet. <laughs> you know, so. All the more reason to be impressed. <laughs> you know, so I tell you, I can't wait to get this show started. But, uh, our listener audience, if you want to be part of this conversation, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm going to continue to tell you. That's 1-888-344-1170. Again, that's 1-888-344-1170. Michelle, can you tell, uh, today's audience what the purpose of today's show? Yes, the purpose of today's show is to learn what is identity formation, sorry, identity formation, to explain what marginalization is, to learn how identity and marginalization intersects, and to understand identity formation to remove marginalization. Can you introduce this great professor to our listening audience? Jordan Colbert. Jordan Colbert is from Mays Landing, a small city with a big wealth disparity outside of Atlantic City, New Jersey, receiving a BA in classical studies from the University of Pennsylvania and a master's of marriage and family therapy from the University of Southern California. He's a first generation philosopher with a strong preference for using science and technology to increase access for people with psychiatric and physical disabilities. Jordan is credentialed as an assistive technology professional with the Rehabilitation Engineering and Assistive Technology Society of North America and a member of the Association on Higher Education and Disability. He previously served as a member of the California Association of Marriage and Family Therapists and intern at the MindSight Institute, a research lab for interpersonal neurobiology, therapeutic mindfulness practices. He now works at Yale University as the Associate Director of assistive technology in their student accessibility services office. The James Cooley Show, It's Your Life, proudly presents Mr. Jordan Colbert. Jordan, welcome to the show, my friend. Welcome to the show. You've been here many, many times. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, JC. You know, being back on the show, I feel like this is my element at this point. I've been here so many times. It's just always a pleasure. And so I'm feeling great. I'm ready to go. Man, so uh, how do you feel? I mean, I'm talking about this is the first time uh, we talk publicly on the air about your selection uh, as a associate director of system technology at Yale. How, this, uh, this, how, how do you feel about that? Well, JC, I mean, it's an incredible honor to get this opportunity to work for them and to really uh, further their interactions with people with disabilities and, you know, promote that success. So I'm feeling pretty excited. Uh, you know, I'm transitioning from USC, the University of Southern California, where I was for six years. And so moving across country, making this big jump, it's really exciting to be on, on that, that journey. And, uh, you know, I'm just, I can't wait to see where it goes. I believe that uh, they... They, they they don't know what they're getting right now. I mean, they assume uh, with the interview process, and I know how that is, but, uh, man, uh, they are in for a extremely valuable treat. And I just want to say uh, congratulations and thank you, my friend. You know, so, hey, Jordan, uh, for our listening audience that's probably just tuning in, they don't know a whole lot about you, can you tell them a little bit about your background and who you are and where you're from. Yeah, sure thing. Um, I mean, Michelle did a really good summary for me up there, but uh, I'm a biracial man that grew up in a single mother household outside of Atlantic City. Um, if you've never been to Atlantic City, it's a difficult environment with a lot of poverty and a lot of corruption due, due to being right there next to the casinos. Um, so I grew up right outside of that and I'm the youngest of seven children. I have four half sisters and two stepsisters. They weren't all around at the same time though. Uh, since my closest sister was 16 years older than me, but I was primarily raised by my oldest sister, um, because my mom was in and out of jail and suffered from a few different mental health issues. And then later she was afflicted with a life changing brain disease. But luckily, as Michelle said, my sister emphasized my education, and I went to both Penn for my undergrad, USC for my graduate degree. You know, I've been working with K-12 
counseling high school students in the past. I've been assisting people with uh, disabilities, how to use assistive technology. And like you said, now I work for Yale University where I'm in charge of their assistive technology services. And I work to build out the next generation of leaders who can identify as people with disabilities. Wow. You know, and uh, being a disabled veteran myself and not just that, but it, uh, you don't have to be a veteran to be disabled. Uh, disabled comes in all different uh, forms and we have to have people that champion uh, us and making sure that we have opportunities and we have all the different things to make sure that we're able to be as successful as we can in life. So I, I commend you, my friend, but we got to take a station break. But we're going to come back and continue to talk to this great man. It's your life. I'm James Cooley. There's more stories of greatness to help you overcome adversity. Coming up on It's Your Life with James Cooley. Hi, I'm James Cooley, host of the James Cooley Show, It's Your Life. And in the new audio version of my book, Country Boy, City Boy, A Journey That Ain't Over Yet, you can join me as I share my true life story of struggle and success in America. It's both a cautionary tale and a roadmap to achieving the American dream. Get the new audio version of my book, Country Boy, City Boy, A Journey That Ain't Over Yet, on Amazon and wherever audio books are sold. The J.C. Cooley Foundation is a nonprofit organization that was started in October of 2014. The J.C. Cooley Foundation continues to strive to expand its programs and offerings to the youth, young adults, and citizens of our great communities nationwide and overseas. We hope that you'll be able to take part in one or more of the many exciting events that we're offering this year and experience firsthand the pride we take in supporting our cause. It's our mission to equip the youth of today for the challenges of tomorrow, and we rely heavily on the generosity of individuals and business owners for support. Without the assistance of community-minded individuals just like you, we wouldn't be able to serve our youth each year. We ask that you make a commitment to support our annual appeal by making a cash donation. This year's goal is $50,000. Your generosity will assist us in making a difference in the lives of the youth in our community. You can give online at CooleyFoundation.org. Remember that every donation makes a difference regardless of size. The J.C. Cooley Foundation thanks you in advance for your contribution. Country Boy, City Boy, A Journey That Ain't Over Yet, The True Life Coming of Age Story by James J.C. Cooley. Using humor, wit, and engaging storytelling, James paints a picture about his arrival in a rural deep south town and realization that life would never be the same. Cooley lays out his struggle to adjust from city life to country life and back again, sharing his hard-earned lessons to educate, encourage, and enlighten our next generation of leaders and heroes. Get your copy of Country Boy, City Boy, A Journey That Ain't Over Yet by James J.C. Cooley available on Amazon and everywhere books are sold. Streaming now on the Answer San Diego app and odyssey.com. It's time to dream big, think big, and be big. It's time for more It's Your Life. Here's your host, James Cooley. Welcome back to It's Your Life. I'm James Cooley. And uh, we got, uh, I'm just going to put it out there right now. We got Professor Jordan Cope who will be uh, heading to Yale. I think he got probably about a week and a half. Then he jumped on the road and he's going to be there educating and teaching and working uh, with the faculty there. Not just that, but he's going to be working with the public. I'm talking about all of us, everybody. And so we, we got a connection there. So if you want to be part of this conversation, that's one 1170 Again, that's, one eight 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 three four four eleven seven. Jordan, part of our show today focuses on identity formation. Can you tell us what constitutes identity? Yeah, I'd love to. So a person's identity can be defined as the many different facets of a person's being. This can include where they are from, their culture, their ethnicity, race, sexual orientation, disability status, and many other different areas. These are all ways that a person can identify, which can be very complicated when you look at it from all of the different factors. And it's truly important considering this is what makes a person unique, despite what others view them, despite as if others view them through that lens or not. 
So that's basically what identity is in a, in a nutshell. How does one form their identity? Well, that depends on a lot of factors. So, you know, I'm going to get down to this through my mental health and psychology viewpoint, but some of it is very concrete and tangible, such as things like their race, ethnicity, and in many cases, their sexual orientation. From there, it can start to develop as they take cues during their upbringing and from their environment. So typically, a person's psychological identity begins to form out of the feedback they get from the world around them. So then they internalize that and can start to develop their own understanding of who they are based on their interests, based on their family and cultural beliefs, based off of their religious affiliation, maybe their geographical and or disability status. Some of these don't always have to be static either. So one aspect of an identity can be like your occupation or what you what you do, if that really is the way that you might want to define yourself. Can you explain intersectionality and as it relates to identity formation? Yeah, well, intersectionality is the concept of where multiple things intersect and how that intersection influences the things they're made up of. So if you think of the way two streets intersect, the middle of that intersection is a mixture of the two streets. So the place that 7th Ave and uh, Martin Luther King Boulevard intersect in the middle, you would say that's Martin Luther King Boulevard and 7th Ave. Now, when you look at this in terms of identity formation, it can be the areas where their various identities overlap or intersect. And so that can play out in the way a person sees themselves, such as I identify as a heterosexual male, which can play into the way I pursue sexual partners, but also the way that I view or relate to masculine activities. Well, Dylan, you know, uh, I, I got to ask this question because, uh, I mean, I, I like how you explaining that. Alongside from secret agents or celebrities creating new identities for themselves, is it possible for a person to have multiple identities? <laughs> yeah, it is possible. That is exactly what intersectionality focuses on. The various ways a person's different identities make up their whole identity. Sometimes people might highlight different aspects of their identities and different circumstances, such as focusing on a cultural lens in one environment or an ethnic lens in another. For instance, a person can have an American nationality but may choose to celebrate their cultural backgrounds when around their family or friends. But I do have to say, this is very distinct from a person having dissociative identity disorder, which is a mental health, uh, which is a mental illness that develops from people having different personalities that are not cognizant of each other. And that was what people used to think when they would hear someone having, oh, they have multiple identities where they wouldn't, you know, they wouldn't be able to be one person at one point, and then they'd be a completely different other person with a different name. So it's a little bit different than that because it's more internal and in what makes up that person. Wow. <laughs> I have seen folks, and of course we, we know about the celebrities and, and other folks changing their names. But uh, I want to change the topic uh, to a bigger topic that I think, I know you wanted to talk about marginalization as well. Can you explain what is that? Yes, of course. So marginalization can be defined by the act of pushing people or items to the margins of their environment or experiences. So primarily when we think of people, this is when people are pushed out of the mainstream idea and forced to be afterthoughts or viewed as completely different and less deserving of identification or spotlighting. Um. Well, Jordan, um, we hear marginalizations occurring in minority groups, but is there a limit to who can be marginalized? Technically, no, there isn't. Anyone could be marginalized at any time, whether it's a majority or minority group. The, the big problem about this is that most of the time, the different minority groups are mar marginalized within society because the main focus is going to be on preserving or serving the majority. And we see this play out between groups and within groups. For example, historically, people with disabilities are often left out or thought of afterwards when buildings or products are made. And so in that case, they are a perfect, uh, a perfect 
example of marginalization because they're not being considered when something is being you know developed for everyone marginalization and oppression how are they different from each other well marginalization is different from oppression um but it can often be grouped in and used interchangeably with oppression that's something that we see happen a lot um but the real difference is that oppression focuses more on the idea of intentionally or unintentionally causing a group of, or a person or a group of people to not succeed or be viewed as completely lesser. And, you know, according to Iris Marion Young, there are five faces of oppression and marginalization is considered one aspect of that. It can really be viewed as the idea of something being left out of the conversation versus them being held back by another person, policy or system. Wow. You know, uh, man, you really putting this down. Equality is a cornerstone of American society. How does marginalization occur if we all are considered equal? That is a great question. So equality is the idea that everyone can be viewed as the same in terms of their worth and opportunity. However, just because someone is valued the same, which we see in many situations and statistics that people are considered less valued. Uh, and these are, this is clear in things like, you know, when we look at the wage gap for women or, you know, other issues within minority groups. But it doesn't stop them uh, from being left out of the conversation or given a seat at the table, if you will. So it's similar to the idea that $5 is worth $5. But in Mississippi, my $5 can do way more and gain more than my $5 can in L.A. Wow. You know, uh, going from uh, previous shows, because this is part four, just in case uh, our listening audience uh, do not know that uh, you have built on uh these lectures and more advanced as we go but going off that we talked about equity in a previous show with you does equity plays a factor in marginalization of course it does they play a big part in each other because the lack of equitable opportunities can further the idea of marginalization for instance if someone doesn't have an equitable education system to others then they will often be pushed out of the possibility for certain jobs or opportunities for success. Now, this, you know, makes sense for certain jobs, but in other cases, it really does, like, limit the amount of opportunities that they may have. So this results in marginalization for those who do not have access to the equitable education. Jordan, identity and marginalization, how do they intersect? Yeah, well, identities can develop as a product of marginalization. So sometimes people may devalue themselves or lump themselves into negative views of their, you know, self-concept because the marginalization has occurred. So we see this in communities such as sexual orientation and disability. So depending on the viewpoint and the marginalization that occurs around them, some people may choose to hide their identity or even dismiss parts of their identity due to the fear of judgment or further marginalization. Wow. You know, I'm not even going to ask you the next question right now because we've got to take a station break. And I want the audience to get the real, I mean, the full answer without us having to break you off and and take a station break. So we're going to take a station break, but we're going to come back and continue to have these discussions with Professor Jordan Colbert. It's your life. I'm James Colbert. There's more stories of greatness to help you overcome adversity coming up on It's Your Life with James Cooley. There is much truth in a journey that ain't over yet, as all of us journey through life's precious gifts of time, just like I have. Hi, I'm James Cooley, host of the James Cooley Show, It's Your Life. And in the new audio version of my book, Country Boy, City Boy, A Journey That Ain't Over Yet, you can join me as I share my true life story of struggle and success in America. 
It's both a cautionary tale and a roadmap to achieving the American dream. This is a must listen to for anyone who thinks they are stuck in life or need to understand that their current situation is not their final destination. Country Boy, City Boy, a journey that ain't over yet, is the unfiltered truth to provide hope for the future by challenging you to refuse to become a victim of life's circumstance and dare to be an overcomer because a bigger, better, and a more impactful life awaits you. Get the new audio version of my book, Country Boy, City Boy, A Journey That Ain't Over Yet, on Amazon and wherever audio books are sold. The J.C. Cooley Foundation continues to strive to expand its programs and offerings to the youth, young adults, and citizens of our great communities nationwide and overseas. It's our mission to equip the youth of today for the challenges of tomorrow. We ask that you make a commitment to support our annual appeal by making a cash donation. Your generosity will assist us in making a difference in the lives of the youth in our community. You can give online at CooleyFoundation.org. The J.C. Cooley Foundation thanks you in advance for your contribution. Country Boy, City Boy, A Journey That Ain't Over Yet, The True Life Coming of Age Story by James J.C. Cooley. Using humor, wit, and engaging storytelling, James paints a picture about his arrival in a rural deep south town and realization that life would never be the same. Cooley lays out his struggle to adjust from city life to country life and back again, sharing his hard-earned lessons to educate, encourage, and enlighten our next generation of leaders and heroes. Get your copy of Country Boy, City Boy, A Journey That Ain't Over Yet by James J.C. Cooley available on Amazon and everywhere books are sold. The Answer, San Diego. Streaming now on smart speakers and odyssey.com. It's time to dream big, think big, and be big. It's time for more It's Your Life. Here's your host, James Cooley. Welcome. Welcome back to It's Your Life. I'm James Cooley, and we're talking to Jordan Cober, and we are talking about the intersection of identity, formation, and modernization, and um. I tell you, if you want to be part of this conversation, that's one eight 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 three four four eleven seventy. Again, that's one eight 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 three four four eleven seventy. Hey, Jordan. Now, um, what are the physical and mental repercussions of being marginalized on a person's identity? Yeah, there are many impacts and repercussions on a marginalized person's identity. So, like I mentioned earlier, a person can have a negative self-concept of themselves, and this can result in psychological dis- distress, such as depression and anxiety. The idea of being marginalized can create low self-esteem and also result in things such as self-hatred or even self-hatred towards people in the group that they are uh, that they identify with because they see the marginalization happen. Now, a person may view themselves then through all of this happening through the identity as a failure or a loser, which then they start to believe is like a core of who they are. And that really impacts, you know, the rest of their experiences. And interestingly enough, it can play out in their health outcomes because, you know, sometimes when you have this negative viewpoint because of the marginalization and because of the feedback that you've gotten about your identity, you start to think, oh, you know, am I even worth going to the doctor? Is this stomach pain because it's, you know, really significant or am I just weak because of what, you know, my identity is? And, you know, that then, you know, they may question, is this going to give me less of a level of care? Is the doctor going to look at me this way? And in the worst case, it can even develop into an idea of, am I worth living based off of the identity that I have? Wow. Uh, by saying that, how does one identity lead to or less or more modernization occurring in their identity group? Yeah, so sometimes this this can really play out across the group. So there's uh, two examples that really come to mind when you mention that. So one is sexual orientation and the other is skin color within minority groups. And both of these can lead to higher marginalization. So an example of this is, uh, you know, when there are parts of the LGBTQ community that tells people who are bisexual that they're just playing the part of an LGBTQ person, that they're really just out there to have fun with both options. And, you know, that in itself creates more marginalization because they're pushed to the, the ends of that environment 
that they're supposed to feel, you know, safe in because that's their identity and their identity group. And then I mentioned, you know, skin color within minority groups because we've seen in black and Latino communities, people who are seen as darker skin may be seen as less important to their white counterparts. You know, we also see this in Japanese culture where the view of being white is better. So, you know, they may do a lot of skin bleaching or, you know, that concept of geishas and things like that where they wear the white paint because that concept of being darker within their own identity group is leading them to be pushed out. Wow. Well, in your experience, how do common mental illnesses such as anxiety and depression manifest from marginalizing certain identities? Well, there's a lot of factors in that. Um, A big part of it will come down to the self-concept a person has from their marginalization and how that's viewed internally and externally. So when individuals are marginalized and left out of the viewpoint or forgotten in the decision-making policy process, they start to believe that they're not important. And, you know, when you start thinking this, you start getting this feedback more and more everywhere you turn, you know, oh, I wasn't considered. Oh, you know, the person I am, my culture wasn't considered. My sexual orientation is dismissed. These type of things then start to lead to, A, a a rise in anxiety when they have to interact with other groups that, you know, may be propagating this marginalization or they reflect on that internally and it causes a big, like a big, big presence of depression because they view this as something they can't get out. It's part of who they are. And then that reflection starts to create that idea of depression and the inability to do things and see things in a positive viewpoint. Wow, that's... Well, Jordan, with the focus on a person's identity before becoming more prevalent in the media, are we creating a world where people's identity elicits more discrimination? That That is also another great question because it's... I would say that that's a very wildly popular misconception. So there's an idea that when you start to focus on individuals' differences it really then makes people feel like, okay, you know, we're different. We should not interact. We should separate and be apart from each other. Or, you know, we should look at those differences as a magnification of what's wrong with each, you know, identity. Whereas in reality, when you focus on differences, the only time focusing on differences becomes bad or leads to discrimination is when you think of one of those differences as being better than the other. Whereas in reality, these differences are not better or worse than the others. They're just different. You know, it's different than what you may experience because that's not your identity. You know, that's not your culture. And it's okay to be different. You know, the more that we celebrate our differences, the more that we can create a better and more vibrant society because differences really bring in new innovation, new thoughts, And that's a big part of why diversity matters, because, you know, as we focus on these differences, it's we're finding things that that are, you know, going to bring us together and really will will just highlight the beautiful aspect of humanity. Wow. You know, man, that is so fantastic. No, I think we got a a, a guest on on the line. Do we have a guest? Yeah, Ray has a question. No, Freddie. Freddie. Freddie, sorry, my bad. No, that's all right. That's all right. Man, listening to this show is, is great. It, uh, I'm getting flashbacks because when I was going to school, I had such a terrible list. You know, and because when I talked, my, my tongue was between my cheese. I mean, it was terrible. And so uh, I got teased. And so by being teased all the time, it got to the point that I didn't want to share or do anything. And so... I wind up uh, not really getting anything out of school because I was being teased so much. And so I wind up being in special classes and then wind up, you know, and then once you're in special classes, you do not go any further because if you're in the sixth grade and I say you have a lesser grade book and your friends did, they'll tease you. So I had that and the stuttering and, and everything. And so 
once I got out of school, I just started educating myself. And then I went to the college and became a counselor. And the reason I became a, a good counselor, because I went through a lot of stuff and I was more sympathetic to, uh, kids that was had the same problems I had. And then when you was talking about skin color, even way back in my time, if you were dark, well, you got teased, like, oh, you're real black, because the lighter skin was considered more beautiful. And so, uh, listen to this right here. I mean, uh, this guy is right on. He, right, he really is. So, I just, had to, I, I just had to put that out there. Thanks, Freddie. It's great to hear that. You know, I realized that, that this experience is multifaceted. Like you said, you know, there's a lot of those aspects where you're different, you know, in school, you're different uh, as you, you know, develop. And it does play a part in how you see yourself. But it sounds like you're really able to overcome that and let your identity fully develop as you, you know, you went through life. Oh, yeah, but when I got out of school, uh, because I could barely read, and so when I started picking up books, and then I look up words, and so I basically kind of educated myself. And then I did enroll in college, and and, and, and then I became a counselor. And uh, so, it, I mean, so what you're saying, I, it, it, it's hitting right home. It really is. Bringing back flashbacks. <laughs> hey, Freddie, thank you so much, my friend, for calling in and uh jordan man that's uh i mean you are inspiring a whole lot of folks and i'm getting texts you know and i i hope some of them call in as well but but jordan uh thanks so much for explaining all of that can you talk about understanding identity formation and modernization and how that can be beneficial to our society yeah no problem at, at all so i'm ha so happy to talk about this because it really can be a big help um you know, when I was back as a, a wee little intern at the Mindsight Institute, my, uh, like the guy that I interned under, Dr. Dan Siegel, he used to always say, awareness creates choices. And so as more people start to understand the different identities and how people with different identities are marginalized, it forces them to need to choose how they will think about them. And so by doing that, that will create a much more understanding society because once you're aware of this, you then can either choose to, you know, push forward this negative mindset and this negative marginalization, or you can choose to, you know, attack it and, and really address what marginalization does to people's identities. And you know what? It's a choice that uh, we all must choose. Uh, and uh, uh, just like the, the caller was, was, was saying that, uh, you know, based on his understanding, people making fun of this and that he could have backed over in the corner and not even pursued to be uh, great as he did and go on to go to college and be a counselor. So uh, it's important that that we understand that uh, regardless of what anybody else might say or think, it's really up to us to make the decision and the choice uh to move forward because uh we all have purpose and with that being said we gotta take a station break but we're gonna come back and continue our great discussion with professor jordan cober it's your life from james Cody. There's more stories of greatness to help you overcome adversity. Coming up on It's Your Life with James Cooley. The J.C. Cooley Foundation is a nonprofit organization that was started in October of 2014. The J.C. Cooley Foundation continues to strive to expand its programs and offerings to the youth, young adults, and citizens of our great communities nationwide and overseas. We hope that you'll be able to take part in one or more of the many exciting events that we're offering this year and experience firsthand the pride we take in supporting our cause. It's our mission to equip the youth of today for the challenges of tomorrow, and we rely heavily on the generosity of individuals and business owners for support. Without the assistance of community-minded individuals just like you, we wouldn't be able to serve our youth each year. We ask that you make a commitment to support our annual appeal by making a cash donation. This year's goal is $50,000. Your generosity will assist us in making a difference in the lives of the youth in our community. You can give online at CooleyFoundation.org. Remember that every donation makes a difference regardless of size. The J.C. Cooley Foundation thanks you in advance for your contribution. 
Country Boy, City Boy, A Journey That Ain't Over Yet, The True Life Coming of Age Story by James J.C. Cooley. Using humor, wit, and engaging storytelling, James paints a picture about his arrival in a rural deep south town and realization that life would never be the same. Cooley lays out his struggle to adjust from city life to country life and back again, sharing his hard-earned lessons to educate, encourage, and enlighten our next generation of leaders and heroes. Get your copy of Country Boy, City Boy, A Journey That Ain't Over Yet by James J.C. Cooley. Available on Amazon and everywhere books are sold. FM 96.1 North County and AM 1170 San Diego. The answer. It's time to dream big, think big, and be big. It's time for more It's Your Life. Here's your host, James Cooley. Welcome back to It's Your Life. I'm James Cooley. And uh, we are just, uh, wow, Jordan Colbert is educating us on all the different uh, perspectives of the intersection of identity formation and modernizations. And if you want to be part of the conversation, you still got time. one 1170 Again, that's one 1170 Jordan, can you explain how the intersection of mental wellness and identity creates more equity for marginalized populations? Yes. So as people begin to think about identities in a more positive light and allow people to express themselves more, they can become more mentally sound and develop better mental wellness. And this includes, you know, raising their self-esteem, becoming more comfortable with who they are. And so this allows them to live a healthier life as they feel like their identities are not going to be a limiting factor in their lives, but more of an assistant to, you know, creating that equitable access for them. Because if they're not believing that they deserve equity, then they're never going to get equity. I mean, that, that aspect of it is very, very much individualized in the sense that if you can't believe in yourself, which is difficult when you don't have mental wellness and you've been marginalized, you will have a much harder time with, uh, you know, tackling those inequities. However, as your mental wellness develops and you're more secure in your identities, you're more comfortable with being who you are, you're able to stand up, A, to say, you know, this isn't, this isn't equal here. I'm not, I'm not experiencing an equitable experience. Or it also just gives you the drive to break through some of those barriers that may be causing you to not have an equitable experience. Well, the mainstream media is the primary source of information for most people. How does the coverage and portrayals of marginalized identities impact future marginalization? So this is a really good question because the mainstream media is, you know, key in creating a change in conversation. It's key in either furthering or dismantling ideas that are out there because that is what most people see. Now, when I say mainstream media, I include all types of media. So conservative media, liberal media, uh, you know, neutral media, economic media, all of that, social media, all of that is included in this. And so as they portray people with different identities who may be marginalized, you know, the ones that do it in a positive light, they help further that conversation of, you know, how can we tackle this marginalization? Because these people are worth this. They're worth that idea. Now, when we then focus on the other side of it, where people are saying certain identities, you know, are requiring a little bit less, certain identities are lesser than other identities, it creates a future, like a, a much more difficult future for these people because it increases the marginalization. The mainstream media focusing on the negatives about certain identities then only highlights that to their listeners or to their audience. And so it can work both ways. And hopefully we see better coverage and better portrayals in the future, like I said, as awareness grows. Well, Jordan, what do you think the pandemic period has done for identity development? And do you see this helping or harming Americans' interactions with one another? (laughs) The pandemic has touched our lives in so many different ways, Uh, whether you've been impacted by the coronavirus or you've been impacted economically, 
or even just the isolation that's happened. So when you think about this in terms of thinking about your identity, you know, it really depends on what you're seeing and how you're, you're interpreting this. Because I can see, you know, moving forward that people may think that you, if you have a medical diagnosis of any type, you may need to be someone that needs to stay away from me. We never now, you know, there's a big question of when you come too close to someone, what are you going to catch? You know, this fear between each other. However, because all of the social justice movements, the big rise in attention to different identities, to the discrimination that happens to different identities, I think that has really helped with, you know, focusing identity development and empowering certain people of different identities. Because there's been a lot of positive movement in that field. A lot of awareness has been created through this pandemic period. Because, you know, people are pretty locked in over that last, you know, year and eight months. People were basically glued to the TV, glued to the news, glued to what was going on in the country because they really didn't have any other options. They were stuck at home or they were forced to be out there in the pandemic working as an essential worker and experiencing that idea of, oh, you know, you're outside, you're not isolated, you may be at risk, you know, you may put me at risk, all of those viewpoints. Wow. <laughs> Jordan, um, you were so valuable I'm talking about not just uh, I'm talking about USC, Yale, but also in your community, uh, whichever community that might be. How do Jordan Cobra gives back to his communities? Yeah, so <laughs> I try to do a lot for my community. I uh, I've sat on panels for the black community to help raise up uh, young black males. I am a part of an organization called Friday is Tie Day, where, you know, every Friday, the big idea of it is that, uh, you know, males will devote one day a week to being professional and wearing professional attire. And it really started way back when I was in high school and my high school football coach decided, you know, we're all going to have to wear a tie on game day. And so that developed because he realized a lot of the players didn't, wear anything professional any other time and they wouldn't really act that professional manner so that's one thing that i really got involved with and on fridays i always wear a tie no matter what even throughout this pandemic when people are showing up to work in sweatpants and t-shirts i'm there with a tie on just to really weigh, raise awareness wow man uh you have been so inspirational to me when it comes to uh, me writing my books and uh, you producing and directing my audio books. Jordan, now I tell you this all the time. Have you ever considered writing the Jordan Colbert story? I have. I have uh, actually, you know, produced an outline of it. It has a title. I'm ready to really start writing it. The thing is just sitting down and, and really going over a lot of these experiences that created my identity. Uh, a lot of the times when I tell my friends that I meet new people and they say, you really have stories that just cannot be true. And then they'll meet somebody from my past who will confirm that that's actually true. And so a lot of people are telling me, yeah, you should write a book. But I feel like at 29, there's so much more that can happen. Uh, especially, you know, like you said, JC, one day you could see me in the White House. I mean, right now I'm too young to run, but 2036 is right around the corner. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, Jordan, you are starting a new venture soon at Yale University. Tell us exactly what you're, what are you going to be doing? I mean, what your title is and what are you going to be doing? Yeah, so I'm going to be the Associate Director of Assistive Technology for their Student Accessibility Services. So there I will manage a caseload and help support students with academic accommodations, but I will really be focusing in the larger scope of things, not just on the individual student, but building out programs and the use of assistive technology around the campus. So assistive technology is technology that helps any person with a disability create more access. 
and access life in an independent way. And so when this is, you know, widespread throughout a university, especially a university like Yale, where people may get into the university and have never believed that they could have gotten into this university, or they have had supports that, you know, have helped them fully maximize their ability. And I'm here at Yale, uh, well, I'll be starting at Yale to really further that idea that we have supports that you may need that don't make you lesser because technology doesn't make anyone lesser. It just makes you better and it makes you able to achieve your whole, you know, potential. Wow. Jordan, I'm sure that you have inspired a lot of our listeners today. If they wanted to uh, reach out to you, get in touch with you or just inspired about everything you talked about tonight, how can they get in touch with you? Yeah, so the best way to get in touch with me, I'm pretty active on Twitter. So you can always tweet at me, message me there. My handle is at J-O-C-O-A-T-P. So at Joko A-T-P. My email is a little bit long, but it is the first letter of my name. So J-T and then my last name, Colbert, at Opticity. XP, so that's O P I S I T Y X P dot com. And you can shoot me an email, ask me a question. I'm always happy to answer there. Man, it's been it's been an absolute pleasure having you on this show tonight. And uh the next time that which it will be our next time, part five, uh we will be talking to you to you from uh yeah, where you will be Professor Jordan Covert. You know, so uh Hey, thanks so much for taking the time to come on the show, my friend. Thanks so much. I like to uh, always thank uh, my co-host uh, for always being here, Michelle Cooley. I like to thank my great producer, Noah Dingley. Most importantly, I like to thank my listening audience for taking the time to tune in to the James Cooley Show. It's your life. And we're always looking for sponsors so we can continue to bring this great message to you. But we will be back tomorrow. Same time, same place. And uh, we got great show. We're going to be talking about hot topics tomorrow. And we got some great ones. So, hey, looking forward to you all tuning in tomorrow. We'll see you tomorrow. It's your life. I'm James Cooley. Thanks for joining us for It's Your Life with James Cooley. To learn more about James, how you can support the show, or become a guest, visit CooleyFoundation.org. Join James weekdays at this same time for more motivation and inspiration to help you become equipped today for the challenges of tomorrow. This has been the James Cooley Show. It's your life, where you learn how to dream big, think big, and be big at everything that you do. It's Your Life is sponsored by James J.C. Cooley.